passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. So last time we saw each other, we were excited about the season beginning. We're still excited, but I don't know. I I feel like the the only two starts took a little air out of uh, our tires. What do you, what do you guys think? Um, it definitely changed the enthusiasm and excitement from our last show. Mm. Yes, I'd say it shifted. Too. We we played some tough opponents, but we shall see in this conversation. Yeah, I'm definitely more frustrated. Uh, but at least our at least we're not throwing our hands up going, what is it? It's we'll talk about the things that are what it is. You know what I mean? There's it's pretty clear what the problems are, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll talk, but the only thing that bothers me is the fact that we have this the, the slow star and then like this, this, this the conversation that we hate, the ones oh doc's on a hot seat, you know, MB doesn't like playing with Harden. We're already starting to see those narratives now, which I thought we would have waited till at least like midway through the season to hear that kind of nonsense, but I guess we're getting it started now. Losing is always going to bring up whatever narrative people already have. Mm. Want to amplify it? So you want to end those narratives? You got to win. Yeah. Same. What would you? What would you rather have? Those narratives and drama and shit happening now or at the end of the season? I mean, at the end of the day, I want to be able to to get past the second round. So all the narratives and drama really don't matter to me. Yeah. So I mean. You know, have it happen now, get over it. And I mean, you know, if it happens in the end, it could take you into the playoffs. Mm. Um, if it happens now, you know what I'm saying? It could, you know, give you a horrible seed. So it's really no good time to have it. It's just yeah. best to just go without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or it's, you know, the guys in the locker room, just, just they know what's going on, just mute the the the, the outside noise. Um, but 
All right, so our first topic is going to be talking about the first two games of the season. So, 0-2 start after an offseason where we, everyone thought we were, you know, going to come out, you know, right out the gates hot. Um, we did have two tough opponents, though, in Boston and Milwaukee. But what I, my question to you guys is, what are four reasons, your top four reasons why we lost both games um, this week? Um, I'll just give one, and then Taysha can give one. I'm a, um, my first one is is really consistency. Like, like I don't have, I don't see any consistency as far as how we're going to play. You know, um, I just, I just, I'm not sure. Are we going to be a running team? Are we going to be a slow it down, go through the post? We're going to be a pick and roll team. Um, we've done a lot. So it's no, to me, it's not really defined yet how we're going to establish as far as our style of play. It might have been established and we, we didn't do it as much during the game. But if you look at the game, it was like, it's different. One minute we're running, one minute we aren't, one minute we're ISOs, one minute we're pick and roll. Like, I just don't know. Now, I will say before giving a reason, my first reason, and I said this to you last night, Marcus, we did play two teams that are not only really good, but they're the same, pretty much the same teams they were the last season and previous seasons for Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're missing Middleton and Conton, but that's been their team. That's their core. That's their guys. They don't come in with any mysteries. Like, that's their team. They know how to play together. Boston knows how to play together. That's their core. They're missing Robert Williams, but that's like that's the team they had last year to go to the finals. So we're like a brand new team. We have four guys brand new to our rotation. That's a lot. Our entire bench is pretty much new. We like we didn't even play the guys that were there last year. Um, first reason, <laughs> there's a lot of sub reasons within this one. Just I'm gonna say just defense looks. I mean, I, I don't know where to begin. No communication, poor switching. Embiid looks slow. No one to guard wings. Nobody. Uh, Zach Lowe's fears about why we're going to get our asses kicked in the playoffs. Exactly what happened. Brown and Tatum, we have no one to guard either one of them. The only guy we possibly do have is Thibel, who's played about mm, 17 seconds worth this, this season. So he can't see the floor. No wonder they didn't give him that contract because they don't obviously they don't think he's worth it that much. So I mean, you can't even see the friggin' floor. Uh, killing us on fast break points. They're running us off the floor the way like Miami did. I mean, a lot of work on defense. And I was going to ask with this many new players, Eric. Defense suffers more than offense, right? Because you have to rely on knowing each other and switching and communication. Is that is that fair? Uh, defense usually comes first. Defense usually comes like first. Defense usually comes first because it's more of a um really is it's the effort, the consistency, and the whatever system you put in. So bind into that system. So it's easier for defense to break down and you make an adjustment. You know, so if you plan to pick and roll, you practice the guard to pick and roll. You know, you may blue, you may ice, you may switch, you know, whatever they call it. You may trap. Mm -hmm. So you practice all of those ways and you kind of see what's the best way for the team. Then you see what's the best way for the opponent. Um, what's the best way for your players, the, the players that are involved. Um, but it's sort of consistent with how guys are playing um, on other teams. 
So when you have that, it's easier to adjust because a lot of it isn't really new to a lot of people. Um, but offensively, it's a lot of the plays aren't new to guys, but the style of play and the personnel is new. So it takes longer to kind of move that along, especially when you have the new players like 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 we do. So from that standpoint, offensively is tougher um, and takes longer. Yeah, which segues in my but next one. Then you could do your but, next one. Too much ISO ball. That's yeah. my other one. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So we so we are saying sort of same things, and that's why I didn't really want to say four because I knew we would probably say some of the same stuff. So I had you know an ISO in the defense. Um, the, the the one thing I will say that I find to be very interesting is it's a lot of hesitance. You know, a lot of guys are hesitating, especially in the reserves. Um, I thought um, Melton was very hesitant in game one, more aggressive in game two. Yes, a lot more aggressive, yep. Um, And some of that is leading me to what I think is sort of an issue and not a surprise at the beginning of the year is defining roles, mm-hmm. true definition of roles. Um, I, I'm not sure that people went into the season, as far as the players, players went into the season and knew who were going to play and knew what they, how much they were going to play. I, I, to me, it didn't really, you know, you we all thought Fiber was going to play. He played in the preseason, but he didn't play at all. Yeah. And, you know, you have Montrez Harrell play, and he's the first backup. The next game, he's not. But then the second half of that game, he is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just, I think that definition of roles is something that'll take time. But I do think that you know it's it's gonna it's gonna have to be a little more defined. And 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 lastly is. I mean, we got PJ Tobias. Um, can't think of his name. The plays behind Tobias. Uh, House. No, not House. Um, Yang. 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 I'm sorry. Um, Yang and House. All the same player. If not all the same player, playing the same way. Use the same way. Um, to say what you said before, Teja, one of those guys will have to be pulled for a wing defender. Yeah. They're they're played the same way. Like the the way they the way that we play them, they're all playing like you know small they're ball. They're four. just they're just corner shooters. And small all small ball fours. They they all are played the same way. Yeah. But we're so we're playing small ball fours at three. Yes, which I said to Marcus is funny because Daniel House <laughs> is about Jalen Brown's size, but he moves like a power forward. But his best years, he's been powerful, which is fine. But we're 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 trying to put him on one of the elite wings. No, I understand. I think Daniel wings. House is athletic enough that he can do it. I'm just I'm saying from well, a not all game though. Well, I mean, he can do it while he's in there. He can guard Jalen Brown. I mean, Jalen Brown is very loose with the ball. I mean, like, come on. Tatum, that's maybe a more – Maybe he could, but he certainly didn't. More two than three is Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown's more three and four than two. Sure. Um, So, 
and the way Boston was playing, like they like you know Jalen Brown plays him for. So if we can't guard Jalen Brown, then we can't beat Boston. But he was scoring on just pull ups and like turnarounds on everybody though. But yeah, but Jalen Brown also played some four. So the guys that are guarding him at three are would be the same guys guarding him at four. Yeah, because we we're playing a bunch of small ball yes. four to three. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So it's the same <laughs> yeah. guys. So yeah. we can't guard him three. We can't guard him at four. Mm. So, I mean, if we can't guard Jalen Brown, we can't beat Boston. That's because these guys are fours who are playing three when we're we need to get a three who can sometimes play four. The op we need the opposite guy. We need a guy who leans so three. I'm, I'm just saying, like at that, the way that we're using those guys, they're like all play the same way. So, for example, you take Milton, Maxi, and James. They aren't all the same. Mm. All the same position, they aren't all the same. But Niang and Tobias and PJ and House, it's not like one of them, it's not like we're giving one of them the ball up top like Draymond Green to say, initiate the offense. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we're, you know, Tobias, I think we can give him the ball and tell him to score. Yes, Tobias can. Use him like that. But we're not. We're, we're saying you're, you're a catch-and-shoot guy now because we have too many so guys. The way that we're them. using Tobias is no different than the way we're using those other guys. That's why Tobias will have a 14-point yep. half and then the, score six points the next – Hardly shoot. It's quarters. And maybe because he don't get attempts. Mm-hmm. Yep. So – but yep. that's all about defining roles. And I do not know. Like I, I've told you guys all summer, we talked about – Maxi increasing his demo. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, because who's going to drop then if he's increasing so much? It's just drop, not drop or become incredibly efficient, which James has been, but other people have not been. So it's like you got everyone's got to be really efficient with the shots they get. Get good shots. Get good quality shots with the the ten you get or the twelve you get. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it hasn't been very lucky. Um, <laughs> my other one is third quarter droughts. I don't know what it is. Do we not talk at halftime? We've been outscored by every single third in the last, I don't know, I think eight third last third quarter we outscored our opponent was Toronto. Well, Miami outscored us every single third quarter, and we got dominated the last two third quarters. I think we lost in my opinion in third quarter. You you touched on it so. The one thing that you said was a key was our defense and our defense approach. Um, the biggest, probably the hugest as far as defensive quarter is the third quarter because that can take you to that fourth where we all know the fourth is just basically a 12-minute game. I mean, most people can play that, you know, make it in the game, slows down a little bit, you make some adjustments, but that third quarter can get away quick and boom, before you know it, it's over. Yeah, that's how we lost both. Yeah, so you give you give us a four point deficit going but, into the yeah, fourth quarter. But you, yeah, but you if you getting stops, you know your offense can suffer. But if you have that low offensively and you and you're not getting stops before you know this, you know you don't have those two quarters. And be like, okay, well we still got two more you know two more quarters in the second half to make up for. I almost, I almost feel like. And this happened a little bit. I'm not going to compare us to the, you know, the Miami super team or all the other super teams that are figuring it out together, right? Yeah. But 
I get a little of the sense that we 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 know how talented we are, and we're almost waiting for that to become the deciding factor. Like, oh man, we're just so talented. We're going to win this game. We have to get this together. We have to pull through this. We're going to get it together. We're going to score like 120 points. Like, look at our lineup. Look how many guys we have. Like, this is going to work. Yeah. It's you have to make it work, though. You, you no one's no one wins on paper. No one wins. Yeah, I agree, but the, the one thing you got to. You, you you know you look at the super teams or what they whatever they call them the super teams and you look at the most recent with you know Miami and Golden State those two teams were both good defensive teams mm-hmm. yes they were yeah yeah so um that has to be <laughs> a, a huge priority i mean that was the difference with those teams but we uh, have we have plus defenders on our team though that's the thing it's not like it's a full offensive team. We 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 targeted. Yeah, I know, but you're you're as strong as your weakest link. That, that's 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 always the same, and that's 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 very true. Um, if you yeah. have to adjustments for guys or guys struggle with certain things, I mean, you you that you're going to be as strong as that. So I think, all, I think even the player who doesn't get on the court, yeah, so. I think that we can be a better defensive team, um, but. Some of your, you know, offense helps with that. Your turnovers help with that. Yes, so, that was the other. That was the other reason I had this. Um, <laughs> so like, we'll, we'll play better. We'll, we'll we'll do better. But it was disappointing, you know, with the two teams that we played in Boston. I kind of was like, okay, well, that was gave a good effort third quarter. So now, you know, they played well and they're at home. Well, tough to play there. Um, but the Bucks game without Middleton, and even though Giannis is Giannis, I mean, he still, if you look at his numbers, he had a great game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he really dominated like I've seen him dominate. No, <laughs> you know, so they really they, they took him out a lot, like a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. and 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 they got that lead, but when we came back, I was like, "There's no way we can lose this game." And then it was just like we were okay just to come back. And then, boom, you know, you come back, and all of a sudden they give us a couple of jabs, and then it's over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a, you know, chance in the end, I mean, even though the, the last play did go off Maxie's fingers. But, yeah. <laughs> but we at least, I mean, we got to get a better look. We got to, I know they said on TV that Maxie was open. If, if James would have threw that to Maxie, he would have been still. If you look at the play, because that's what you taught when they go and they switch. The guy that was guard James is taught to go right back to that other guy. So he would throw it right into his hands. It's frustrating. But um, at the end of the day, you know, game two, uh, maybe we'll talk about it later. Go ahead. You can go and ahead. we'll touch uh, – my other reason is Embiid, but we'll touch upon that in another topic, I think. Yeah. <laughs> do you think with what we've seen so far, do you think Matisse should be getting more playing time, Eric? To have a defensive guy in that line of play, playing more than I that. thought that he should have. Um, I, I don't understand the reason why going into the season for a guy that was a starter for you most of last season. You could see wrong. And then, you know, you play him and, you know, he has his situation in the playoffs to, to now he don't – he doesn't even – he's not even in the rotation. At all, I didn't view PJ as 
taking his place. I, I just because I still see PJ Moore as a forward and three. Just, just me. I think five was more of a defend threes and twos mm-hmm. than three. And PJ is more of a four and three. Even five sometimes, yeah. That, that's kind of how I viewed it. So I, I thought that PJ was more of would be hard for Niang to get on the court more than Bible. Yeah. If, or more for, you know, if they brought in House, I didn't expect to see House, Niang, and PJ playing, and we have Tobias. Mm. I expect to see two of them and Thibel to start the season. Especially to start the season. Boston travels me more than anything. To start the season. You couldn't try him against Tatum or Brown for, for a couple minutes? 70 combined points? You couldn't find a couple minutes to just, hey, we're getting killed. We have no answer for their wings. We have no one to guard them. Let's put our best wing defender on them yeah. for two minutes. See how it goes. Obviously, they didn't have him. He wasn't going to be and supposed to be in the rotation for whatever reason, whatever whether it was his camp or whether it was his contract situation. But he wasn't in the rotation, and I don't know when he'll ever get in there. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I uh, so I'm just I'm just saying that it may not have to be him, but I'm just saying like you know from a wing perspective, guard perspective, we play three players. Yeah, we play three players. We don't play shape. We play we play three guards. Yeah, yeah. And to me, all the rest of those guys are four and up. With some chance to play three, but if we're if I'm going to the season, I, I just Tobias and and PJ, I don't I didn't see them both as <clears throat> I, I see them both as playing some three, but I see them both as the majority of their minutes not being three. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah. Well, so, we're, we're gonna get into more of. Uh... And the, the the roster makeups and kind of the lineups that we had um, on uh, la- last night, even and later on the show. Um, but the next one, um, so last night after the game, uh, Kenny Smith said after watching both games this season, he thinks that Hard might be better suited being off ball, and that way he can be a scorer who passes instead of a passer who scores. What are your thoughts on that statement, Eric? So if he's off, who's going to be on? Maxi. So Maxi. He want he he basically said he want he said at this stage in Harden's career because um, he took the ball up in Houston but he was a little more fast paced in Houston now he's a little more kind of like dribble it up slowly type point guard and maybe we'd be better suited to go 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 and have him off ball so he gets the ball and does his damage real fast or someone else can bring it up faster. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. The reason why I don't agree with that is um, James is not going to run up the court like Maxi does. He's not going to run and get those extra possessions where he's attacking before the defense is set. That's not going to happen. That's not the type of player he is. That's not the type of player he was. And that's not the type of player he will be. That's that's not who he is. So not only are you asking, you ask him to do something totally different. Um, what I think we need to do is, is and I've said it before, taking the ball out of his hands more, but not necessarily making him the wing. But, yes, there are times when I've said it, 
tons of times that Maxie should be bringing the ball up the court. Melton should be bringing the ball up the court even when James is on the, in the game. Um, being more catch and shoot, playing more off the ball, coming from behind the defense to score and attack. Yes, I, I agree with that, but I don't think it should be a full-time thing. But I've said it before, like, yes, it should be done. But I don't think just moving him totally off the ball, that, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah, because I don't think that's – I mean, you want to try it? Sure. But even though he has, I've seen him be passive. Even in the first game, he was thrown to Tobias to take the ball, but he was like – he just. Yeah. I saw it a lot, actually. I was like, he, he just – you know it's the plan for him not to take the ball up for the next few minutes. You could just tell it was – that's the plan. But that's not our that's not our problem offensively. I mean, James has been phenomenal. I, I, I think working on him not being our point is just – Maybe the fifth thing that we should try to wake up and get him off that side. Then I think that kind of impacts, you know, the way Maxie's used too. So if he Maxie's waiting for an outlet, he's not getting out, putting pressure on the defense. Yeah, I mean, you got to understand a lot of you know. Sometimes people are making things about the Sixers watching that one game, Mm. watching two games. You know what I'm saying? Where we watch all the games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. So perspectives can be different if you're not watching every single game. Yeah. yeah. Those guys from TNT, I mean, they watch so many different games and they had to focus more on the games that they have in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, that from the outside looking in, if you don't watch every game, if you don't, if you're not dialed into what they do and the changes, I, I can see why you would say that. I just don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that comment. I was actually I was curious. Just wanted to ask you about that. Um, but sticking with Harden, though, um, I guess you know those workouts he was doing with Cassell and those mid rangers really pay, has paid off because he's he's knocking down his middies, man. Oh, yeah, I've told you guys since he arrived that it's it's he had to shoot them because they're there. Um, you know, it's yeah, he's older and he isn't as fast and don't accelerate as high as he used to. But the way that they're playing him, they're giving him that mid-range shot. So just Open. take it. Yeah. He's taking it and he's making it. So it's yes. awesome. so like the so the floaters is a mid-range shot. It's not a layup. Mm. So all of that stuff, like that to me, that's been the biggest difference is is his willingness to take those shots. So he's not going and going in traffic and throwing his hands up if he don't get a call. He's just going and taking the little mid-range shot or short shot mm. and punishing team. So I'm I'm excited with that. Hopefully, he continues to play that way, and it'll open up and give him easier threes again. Because yeah. now teams are worried about him stopping, him popping, him driving. Yeah, so they, was, they were pressing him to go one way and try to because they they felt he wouldn't shoot the mid range shot. Mm-hmm. So they were standing on basically give him a path and then the help at the rim, and then now all of a sudden if he's taking that shot, they'll be more inclined to shape up. And if they shape up and step back on the move, then It'll, it'll open up threes. It's actually crazy to say this with how accomplished of a scorer Harden is. He's opened up a new part of his game at this stage. Like, it's crazy. And that's the thing about it. Like, it was that's why I always said it wasn't anything that I felt he couldn't do. It was just, it wasn't, just didn't do it. Scheme and him just not doing it. His comfort level, I think. He yeah. just wasn't used to because they said, I mean, Houston. Because it was, you were told for so many years and you were so dominant. And you were told not to do it, then lay up or three. You didn't lay even up work or three. On it. Yeah. It's like the guys when I played, like people said you guys weren't great three-point shooters, and we didn't work on them. 
because <laughs> we weren't asked to shoot him. Mm-hmm. He's the opposite. He was told either three or layup, yes. nothing else. Yes. Do not waste your time with yes. anything inside the arc. Yes. So, but, 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 which I understand. And obviously it worked for a long time. I'm not going to say it didn't. He had, you know, incredible you know, historic numbers, but defense is over adjusted. Now they're just giving you wide open eight to 10 footers. Like you have to adjust to that now. You can't just be like, you know what? Screw it. Play me like that. I'm still going to jack him up. That's, that's just dumb. So, you know, it took, it took him to take a step back and be like, dude, they're there. Just take them. And I'm, you know what? Kudos to him for realizing that and doing it. I, I It's great. It, it, it's it's going to save him so much energy to try to get open for those threes or for to do a layup all the time. It's it's, it's going to be great. He's, he's, and correct me if I'm wrong from anyone uh, in our comments or whatnot, 16 of 22 from inside the arc. Wow. wow. Like he was 12 of 17 one game and four or five in game one. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, that's crazy. That, that's just it's that's the efficiency we're talking about. He's being efficient. He's making the shots. Um, I think it's great, man. I, I I can't wait for this. This is a lot more of scoring, James, than I expected. So mm-hmm. all those under twenty ones and twenty twos that we were talking about before the season, <laughs> shit, uh, man. <laughs> I'd say at this point he might if, if he. I might even say continues this because it's a crazy pace, but then again, it's James Harden, so he has he has done this before. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at anywhere from, I'd say 25 to 28 points a game now from him. If this is what I mean, if this, it's indicative of what we're going to see as far as him being in shape. That first step in his mid range game. Hmm. Interesting. Would you say? Would you guys say Harden's back? Yeah, I think he's back, but you know it's a long season. I've seen guys jump off and score thirty some points a game and and end up averaging twenty two. So, and I thought about that too, Eric, because we saw an explosion in one of those Miami games where he was hitting like fifty footers, like like nothing, and it was like, oh man, he's back. And then he went back to not scoring for three quarters. I think it's a little different this time though, because it's not that he just got hot from three because he didn't shoot well from three yesterday. I believe he was one for seven or one for eight. He shot poorly from three. And usually for the past year, that means he was going to have a really, really bad game if he shot poorly from three. But I don't I don't really see – like I think he got hot and he started making shots. But I think – if you think back to last season when I was talking about James going into the playoffs and what he needed was the timely takeover. The timely getting aggressive, the timely making plays and shots. Yes, um, and I still feel that's what he'll be. So I think he'll have those games where, like the last game, he just took over, and all of a sudden he got this. And I just think um, he'll have those games where it's not necessary. So he'll have fewer points. So. <laughs> um, For his sake. But if you look at the Boston game, um, I think he only took fourteen shots. I mean, they, they fouled him on four threes. Mm-hmm. He, he had what thirteen points or whatever from that. Yeah, thirteen points from no from that. And he was only four and five, four or five inside the arc. So yeah, yeah he, so, he didn't have to shoot that much. Um, I think I mean I think he's he's playing well and he's going to continue to play well. I just think that his scoring burst will not be that high because I just think that. When other guys have it going, he he's going to pull back quite quite a bit. 
you know, this year. So I just don't see how you can stay up at that level. I just don't think he really has the way he wants to play anymore, where he has to score that much for us to win. I just yeah. I prefer not to be that way too. I'd rather have twenty six and ten or twelve than thirty five and like seven. Yeah. Less energy too for him. Yeah. And getting others involved. And I will say it was nice um to have Harden take over when MB was having such a bad game. Because I mean, in years past, if MB has a bad game, that's it. There's there's no coming back for us. We were able to do that uh, with Harden. That's the beauty of having him on the squad. So it was it was nice to see that uh, that pick me up from a from a from a teammate. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but on that though, so the best lineup of the night. It was probably the most fun to watch actually, um, based on the way Embiid played last night. But the best lineup of the night was uh, Harden, Melton, House, Harrison, Tucker. So a little small ball action that was kind of fun to watch. That was where we got that that comeback. Um, it looked like Houston Rockets uh, ball a little bit. Um, Houston lineup. Yeah, we had the fast break points in in that spurt was 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 unreal. But um, my question is because I saw a lot of hate on social media about people were pissed off that we subbed Embiid back in the game. I think it's funny Sixers fans were mad that Embiid got subbed back into the game with like with like five, four or five minutes left. Um, but my question is, should we have stuck with that lineup that we had, or was Doc right to sub uh, the second half scoreless Joel Embiid back into the game at the time that he did? Uh, he's gonna always put that guy back in. He's just. Whether it's right or wrong, that's what you're gonna do. So you know, if you if you if we're saying that you know we putting him back in is not going to help us win, then then we're wrong about him. But we can't say that he's our MVP candidate the last two years and he should have won. And now going into the season in game two, we'd be like, "Nah, I'll stay over on the sideline." <laughs> yeah. Don't make sense. Maybe not for the rest of the game, but maybe give that lineup another minute or two because they're just they're playing so well. They were on a twelve to two run with that five on the floor, and then with Embiid, he came back in. He fouled, missed a twenty five footer, missed a nineteen footer. I can see if you sub in three or four or five guys, but if you're saying that um, team goes on the run and we put our best player back in the game, and that's a bad thing, then that's a bad thing for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not many games does. MB goes scoreless in the in a half. I think it's only was it his first time going scoreless? I think it was third, maybe second time. Second time. Yeah. I mean, that was that was that was rough. It was a rough half, man. I, I which goes back to what we were saying earlier because it's like we were not expecting MB going scoreless in a second half to be the reason why we lost. But um, that was a really fun lineup. Um, I felt like a lot of switching was capable with that group because it was a bunch of those guys that you say play the same position. They were all out there together at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it was just saying, man, switch, 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 switch. We, we can all pretty much guard the same kind of guys. They don't have anyone really big in there anyway. So let's just – it worked pretty well, actually. I would not be surprised if we saw this more in the future, especially if, you know, MB comes off the floor we need that that burst. What did you make of that lineup, Eric? Were you a fan? Was was that a kind of exciting lineup in there? Yeah, so, whatever's going to help us win, man. I'm not really, you know, I, you know I'm not going to trip on who's in, who's out. Let's just win the game, man. Yeah, let's let's get a win. Yeah. But it's nice to have a small ball lineup to be able to 
I mean, everybody has to, you have to have a small ball lineup to go to because it becomes necessary at times. Yes. Yes. Spread the court, shoot it, pick up your defense. So the, to, to be able to have that kind of group that we know we can kind of work with and, and go to definitely helps. Yeah. Because we haven't really had one, like a lineup like that, and I mean, I can't I can't remember because last year we didn't have that with the, with the with a guy who could play, you know, like, like a Tucker who could play a kind of five and four. I mean, we weren't having we weren't putting Paul Reed out there for that. No, 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 no. And before Harris came back in, that was the all five Houston lineup. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When Harrell was in there instead of Harris, it was a uh, all five Houston players. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so kind of we talked, we kind of alluded to Joel Embiid. Um, so obviously, all the talk about Harden coming back and you know getting, get, you know, being back in the shape and getting right. Um, it looks focused and ready so far this season, and it looks like just so far right out the gate that Embiid kind of looks like the one who is the more unprepared one for the season. Um, and at times he looks lost. I mean, Sixer fans are booing him, um, and you don't really see Embiid get booed a lot at home. Nope. Um, and so. All offseason, we kind of talked about how we don't have to worry about Embiid. The only thing we have to worry about is him getting injured uh, during the season. But going into the season, you never have to worry about him. Are you kind of worried about Embiid? Because it, it looked like he was kind of hesitant a little bit yesterday. And that's something a lot of these a lot of talking heads were talking about today, the hesitancy in Embiid, which is kind of worrisome. Well, I mean, I said it um, going into the season. It was like the preseason. He looks like he looked in the preseason. Yeah. It is preseason for him. Yeah, so people missing games and they only play a few couple games, and you're missing games, and then when you do play, you he look like this. Yes. So I don't know. My thing is I don't know why. You know why? Why is it that your conditioning is down? Why is it that are you injured? Like what is it? We we had a whole off season. What is it? Apparently, he had plantar fasciitis in the off season. Okay, there there we go. It's something. Because he's not right. I think it's funny it's coming out now, but it's coming out now. Yeah, I never heard. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> no one heard of. No one heard about any of it. Of not course right. not. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so I did say going to maybe our season going to I mean our episode going into the season that I'm like, okay, well, you know, I ain't looked in the preseason. I don't know, and I'm seeing that same player. It looked like. It looks like a regular season for everybody. It looks like preseason for him. It, it, he doesn't look dominant. Um, and not look focused. From, not, and not from a talent standpoint. It looks from a mentality. Exhaustion. Not really like you can, it's a conditioning, but not a conditioning from being out of shape, but a conditioning from the conditioning that it takes to consistently dominate. Mm-hmm. Um, he settles. I thought he settled on shots. And a half step he's, too slow on decision. He's on, the, on the perimeter more. Um, you know, like he's chasing down balls. He's doing stuff. But I, I just think that something going into the season wasn't right. And, and like, you can t- hold guys out in the preseason all you want. But at some point, they, they were going to have to establish that, hey, I'm here. Yep. And yep. I can see it. So where – I, you know, I I expect him to be better and get better. Um, it's not surprising based on what I've seen in the preseason. Yeah, it's like he's working through preseason kinks in the season. It's very like NFL. I, I have to wonder how much he actually practiced. Yeah. To me, it looked, he, not only did he, to me, it looks like he he didn't miss 
the preseason games, but he missed some practices as well. We would never know, but that's how it looks to me. It's even more indicative when you look at the five without him and how good they look. It's like, man. Oh, they look, the spark and the energy, but I, I just think um, – so So that could be – chemistry, too. That though. could be some chemistry. of them having not being used to playing with him. Yeah, no, totally. That's what I'm saying. So it's oh. like – but those are all those are all new teammates themselves. But they guys. also but they also have to play differently when Joel's in there. They're more stand guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're more movement guys. They're more movement when he's not. So some of that is the the style of play that you have to have. You have to use based on when he's in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think they could probably do a combination of still some of that when he's in there, but. You know, it's easy for guys to just be like, okay, I'm going to just stand over here. We got three guys, four guys that's going to score. Uh, I'm just here. So, it, uh, is that part of the problem of having such a top-heavy team? Like you have so many guys who are, you know, who heard Doc's pecking order, you know, one, I mean, two, and everyone else. You say that, but, you know, the Golden State has won four out of the last whatever championships having a top-heavy team. Yeah. Top heavy guys are really, really good. And they defend. And everybody define their role and they play. That's, that's a big they, difference. They play. Um, so you can say that, but people have shown you that it works. So I think but, but, but one of their best players is a glue guy, though. We don't have one of they, our best they, players they, is not a glue guy. Yeah, but they am just saying they still have top heavy guys as far as either like last year they they had. Yeah. But the year before that, I wasn't even. I was including KD. I wasn't. Oh, you got team. Okay. I wasn't even including um, Draymond, um, <laughs> yeah. Clay, Steph, and KD. That, I mean, those three guys alone. Um, then of course, a Draymond is is a different guy. Yeah. To have you know, it's those aren't. It's not a lot of those in the league. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of the stuff that he does, but. It can be done. I mean, it's just, you know, I just think at the end of the day, we are probably from a group and taking time and how much we're going to need to get everything together. We are not further along than I expected us to be. Yeah, me too. Should yeah. we be worried about Embiid long-term wise this season or no? He'll, he'll, get, he'll get right. No, he'll come around. I mean, I just, in, unless some kind of injury is worse than, We've been told. Um, But if it's not that, then he'll definitely come around. It's just, you know. He's behind. I just think he's like three weeks behind everybody. I just think that his camp was probably more limited than we were let to know. Yeah. 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 I just feel like he's behind. It's like when you watch like uh, NFL players who like skip the camp and then come in that they're like, they're just not right the first couple weeks. And all of a sudden they look like themselves again. Um, I get that sense from like MB that he's just, three to four weeks behind everybody else. And come December, come late November, he'll look like how everyone else looked. And you got to remember, man, James has always been someone who used the season to get into kind of basketball shape. Right. But he didn't do that this year. So James came out of the, came out of the start, like firing and Maxie's Maxie. So to eat, it, it makes MB look that much more kind of inept and lost that these other guys are like with it. Like, you're not with it, dude. Like, you know, we're playing four on five out there sometimes, which is pathetic when you think about that. Yeah. Um, you know what it looks like? You know when Embiid looks distracted by an injury? 
Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like he is. Like we've seen in the playoffs a lot, where he's always looking at his finger and like you know, he's not he's not focused because he's so worried about the mask or the finger. It looks like he's playing with that now. It looks like he has a mask on, like almost out there. Like I, I it, it's it's really weird to watch because he's kind of half step slow on decision making. Like he's bobbling the ball, he doesn't grab it. Like it just, it looks like there's a delay on my TV. Uh, like, but it only Embiid. It's not everyone else is full speed in real time. Embiid's got like a a, a glitch, a delay by about like a quarter of a second. It's it's, it's frustrating because we know he's so much, you know, better than that. Yeah. Well, Skip brought up a good point. It's something I thought about when I was watching. You know, Skip Bayless. I, I'm not usually a Skip Bayless fan, but you know, uh, he's rooting for the Sixers this year, which is which is beyond me. But um, I was watching the undisputed this morning, and he had mentioned something that I thought during the game last night. That pass that we said that uh, actually went off Tyrese uh, uh, Maxi's hands, um, which we got ended up getting the ball. But it looked there that that was just a kind of kind of a silly pass, and the fact that it, there wasn't confidence in him to you know to to kind of back to post up or you know even take that jumper on his own it was kind of just a kind of a lackluster decision for him to do that. What did you think about that, Eric? Well, I mean, I think that if he goes and he makes a play. So if he's making a pass to someone, it's because he's been doubled or tripled and he don't have a shot or it's a clean, clean pass and catch and shoot for somebody. Otherwise, you play. yeah, he needs to be more aggressive on that. I think he would know that. Yeah. Think about that. He sat there and watched that five we talked about earlier, the Houston five, come back and look great. You think he'd be like, all right, wait till I get back in there. Wait, he comes back in there and shoots a 19 and a 25 footer. That's it the rest of the game. Like, after all that sitting there watching like your teammates dominate without you on the floor, you think you come back in and be like, all right, I only got I got five minutes. I know I'm not conditioned, but I got five minutes to just tear up the middle and the paint and dominate. You like can minutes. also be pissed off that he was sitting there and only had five minutes. Well, I mean, you can't be pissed off when you see the result that we came back. It's like the proof's in the pudding, dude. I'm just saying, man. I've I, I played in that league for a long time. I'm not saying that's what he did. I'm just saying. Possibility is what you're saying. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, different players, right, they react differently when they're pissed off. Just Some guys saying, get, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and him in his past, actually, watching Embiid, when he gets pissed, he actually kind of gets, like, disengaged and, like, doesn't care. Like, he cares less instead of being like, all right, I'm going to take this out on you, Brooke Lopez. Give me the ball. Watch now. He's kind of more of like a whatever. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> and Lo- Lopez did uh, block him a few times around the rim last night. That was uh, – Yeah. I'd be I'd be I'd be furious if I was Embiid. <laughs> um, well, hopefully, you know the, the next topic is our final topic. Um, we got a couple of get right games coming uh, up this weekend. We got uh, tomorrow and uh, Monday. Um, so the line hasn't come out yet on the Pacers game, but uh, tomorrow night we play the Spurs, and we are a thirteen and a half point favorite at home against the Spurs. Fellas, is this a get right game? And do uh, what do you guys have in this one? Yeah, blow up. 15 plus. Yeah, that's it. Blow out. Especially with a high spread like that after we've choked. Yeah. 15 plus. Yeah. All right. And then won the game. Haven't won the game. You won't pull guys early. Yeah. 15 plus. Now, let me ask would you be, I wouldn't say upset. A win's a win, right? But what if we won by like five? Would you be like, man? No, I wouldn't be upset. Nah. 
we win the game. No, what no. have we lost? <laughs> yeah, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If we lose that, the people who we told to uh, take the 50 and a half over are going to be uh, coming for us pretty soon if, we, if we're losing that game. Um, and then, okay, so, and then Monday we have Pacers. I believe that's also at home. I think both games are at home. Yeah, both are at home. Um, uh, Indiana, the line hasn't come out in that one yet, but I have to imagine we're going to be a heavy favorite in that one. And, uh, no, and no Miles Turner. And no Miles Turner. Uh, is that, uh, you guys have a win in that one as well? I have a win, but I don't see it being a blowout. I just think the style of play that the Pacers come to, you know, some three-point shooting and pushing all good guard play. Um, like I said, they have a couple few guys that can shoot the ball. I, I, I don't see it like the, the Spurs game. I do think, yeah, we're supposed to blow both teams out. I do think one will be a blowout. One will be closer than we want it to be. Yeah. We're not. I mean, we're not playing that great. So, like, you know, it's the NBA. Like, there are a lot of talented guys out there. So, just because you're not playing the one of the best teams in the East, doesn't mean you can't have a play down to your opponent game, which we do a lot. So, well, we, we're playing against top the premier opponents. I mean, you're gonna have to blow. You're gonna have to blow, win win a game and blow somebody out. You know. I mean, yeah, I I'd like that very much. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that happens. And I will say some Sixers fans who weren't that mad about uh, the Embiid's performance yesterday were saying, well, at least uh, at least we chose the right guy because uh, you look at Ben Simmons in uh, Brooklyn after his uh, his first his first game. You were, go. were taking the win on that one on Embiid. Yeah, you <laughs> the win on both ends, Embiid and, and Harden. Just look at Harden. Yeah. All the people that were saying we didn't win that trade. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harden oh, looks cool. great. And it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, we were not counting on this. So we, let's just say, if our season hinges on Embiid getting it right mentality-wise and wanting to dominate again, I'm pretty confident he'll write that ship. That's, yeah, that's a good sign. That that's what, what that's what we're counting on is Embiid turning it around, which he will. Um, his Harden looks phenomenal. So like, if, they, if we're just relying on Embiid to turn it around, I think we'll be fine. And uh, Lots of things to be excited about with the team, even though with the 0 and 2 star, but lots of things to be excited about. So, for sure, yeah. I mean, people that were predicting us to, you know, go to the second or third round, they said it would come down to is, you know, is Harden going to be a third team NBA player or a second team NBA player? So, right now, I mean, he's looking <laughs> it's extremely early, but leaning toward the higher end on that one. So, yeah. you know. That was most people's make or break for our season, as far as analysts go. It was. Yeah, we'll see. What Harden will we oh, see? Oh, you know, eighty games left. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in Seventy Sixers, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week, where we'll be two and two, and the next time we uh, see each other, we're gonna knock on wood. Whoa, don't jinx <laughs> it. <laughs> Sound good to me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.